disturbing. Hi there, and welcome to Dork Wars the Podcast, your galactic hub for all things Star Wars. My name's Blake, and I'm here with the best host in the galaxy. First, we have the ever-elusive Grant. Hello, how's it going? The funny one, Wesley. Hello, how's it going? The commentator, Andrew. Hey, how's it going? And our very own Jedi Archive, Dietrich. Hey, how's it going? So you guys realize when I say best host in the galaxy that um, I really mean it. If we had different hosts on this show, I would definitely say like mediocre to okay guests. Like you guys are the real deal. Aww. You know, that really means a lot to me, Blake. Um, I'd like to thank you for this, uh, for this opportunity to be here tonight. It's just so wonderful. What are you after, Blake? You want something. No, I'm not after anything. I'm actually lying to you. It's just because you're here. But anyways, let's get into <laughs> our Star Wars news. Now hear this. Savage. <laughs> now hear this. Now hear this. Now you hear this, whoever you are. We're talking Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga for our news this evening. Warner Brothers released a six-minute gameplay trailer with a lot of talking and some other stuff. It looked really cool. The gameplay's pristine. The uh, the space combat looks pretty cool, the way you travel. The graphics, of course, look awesome. And I, I hope it really looks like that when we get it. You know, sometimes those trailers over-embellish graphics. But uh, have any of you other guys seen uh, seen the trailer? I have yet to see it. I haven't either, but we definitely need to get the squad together and play it on Nintendo Switch. Nintendo Switch? What? Get it on PlayStation. PlayStation? Who plays on PlayStation? This is a, you know, PC Master Race over here. Ain't that right, Andrew? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I can't afford a PS5 right now. Listen, guys, I I don't like the tone of the show. Um, We can't be gamist, okay? Being gamist is going to get us canceled. (laughs) Gamist? (laughs) <laughs> you know, Blake, you know what's going to happen? Blake is going to get game is. on the PS4, and he's going to be like, this does not look like that trailer. I feel lied to. This is terrible. And then on PC, it's going to look exactly like it does. <laughs> that may be true. But along with this uh, gameplay trailer, we got a release date. So April 5th, 2022. I'm, I'm hoping that this sticks. We've had a delay um, several times now, I believe, for this game. I was about to say, is it what, the new Kingdom Hearts of video games? Just keeps jumping around, it's myth to be there, but it's not actually ever, you know, apparent. Well, I'll tell you, I was worried uh, back in, I believe it was November or December, when they talked about um, delaying the uh, the release date. It almost seemed like they were canceling it. Yeah. And I, I really, it, just the tone was not good, so I'm I'm pretty excited that it's coming out. Listen, not even the woke media could sit there and cancel this game. I'll be excited to play it. Um, I got, I got a little brother, a little little tyke that I like to. He likes to play these Lego games. Hold up, it'll be fun to play with him. I'm excited because I want to see some Skywalker story, but I don't know. I'm not like you have a brother. I'll tell a you half, what, Andrew, I didn't brother. realize that. Uh, I didn't realize that uh, Wesley was your little brother. That was, <laughs> you know, Wesley Wesley enjoys Lego Lego games. I also enjoy Lego games. They're fun. And if you don't think so, well, then um, you're missing out and you're denying Andrew, your inner child. I, I didn't realize that Grant is also your little brother. I have uh, <laughs> I have a big family. That makes him your cousin. I have a big this family. is all getting really weird oh, right now. Would. It's all different moms, yeah, this though. Is, Same this dad, different moms. That's how we're connected. <laughs> 
This is getting convol this is getting very convoluted. Um, I feel like someone's gonna end up kissing their sister by the end of the night. <laughs> we, we keep Just slight amounts of incest. Slight amounts of incest. <laughs> May it'll be Luke Skywalker in the Skywalker saga. I code dibs on Dietrich's sister. Do you, th do you think they'll include that scene in the Skywalker saga? Is that, do you like is that not frowned upon? They do like They do like the joke. Like I'm surprised we didn't get that scene in the uh, Lego Holiday special. Now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> Missed opportunities. Yeah, well, I mean, they, they, they hit a lot of good points, so I can't fault too much on it. So now we have another uh, Star Wars rumor. It seems that it has been leaked that season two of The Bad Batch may release this spring. Diedrich, how excited are you for that? <laughs> I mean, you didn't hear my cheer just now, did you? Did I not have a mic on? Like, I was screaming, my lungs were full of air, I was jubilant. I heard it. I mean, I felt, I felt the positive energy coming from your direction. Of I will course. say this. I, I ended the first season a lot better feeling about it than I went into it but I still I don't know about all the stuff that they're working on and we're hearing about it's the thing that I'm least excited for again yeah when Grant said something about it in chat earlier today uh, first thing I thought about is great I can't wait to watch eight crappy episodes followed by eight mediocre episodes <laughs> yeah <laughs> what you're not you're not wanting to hear them say Omega Omega yeah, that's that's my favorite part. I don't, Omega. I don't think it's that bad. I I like I just like the joke, but it's just it it is filler episode followed by a decent episode. Like it's half half of the season will be good to watch. The other half, I'll have to watch. Yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed Bad Batch. Uh, certain episodes of Bad Batch, I, and like like you said, Andrew, I think it would have a good episode. A decent episode, a bad episode, like a, a, just a filler. It wasn't a bad episode. It's just like stuff I didn't really care about, you know. I think it had a, it. Maybe it was too long. Maybe I think it'd be a good kind of uh, something to hold us over until we get down to either Kenobi or Mando season three, whichever whichever decides to come next. So I would like to circle back to Deidre real quick. You're talking about the stuff they're setting up. Um, you're not very excited about. Are, are you referring to like the cloning? And researching. No, I'm saying out of all the stuff there, you know, we know about that they're working on and we're going to get in the near future, if not this year. I don't know. Bad Batch ranks very low on the list of all the other stuff. I agree with him. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you've got Obi-Wan, you've got Ahsoka, you have... Um, I don't even know that acolyte. I'm totally on board that I care too much about the Obi-Wan stuff, though. Really? I want Whoa. to because it's you and McGregor. What? I'm super excited but, about it. I don't know. I'm tired of this timeline. This in between episodes three and four has been done to death, and I want more outside of that time. Yeah, it would be cool. I want to treat the Obi Wan stuff as a period piece, you know, just a character study of Obi Wan Kenobi. And I, I think that's kind of what it's going to be, and I really hope that that that's what it is. Of course, I want the action, and I want it'll I want probably really cool be stuff less. To happen, but. You know, our constant grief about. Um, you know, the, I, kind of in the Mandalorian, but definitely in Book of Boba Fett, is a bit of cartoonishness that they're bringing to Star Wars, and I bet that that's not going to be there in the Obi Wan. I bet it'll be very serious. 
Yeah, I, I want it to be stoic. And it, it seems like Disney wants to bring comedy to everything. They've, they've, they've done it with Marvel. They've done it with Disney. Um, like the bad your mama joke at the beginning of uh, The Last Jedi. So stupid. Like, so dumb. Like, it, if I, it fell flat with me. I'm sure you guys can agree. A lot of that Some, movie. Sometimes humor is not the way to go. And I think that Obi-Wan should be a more stoic addition to the uh, Disney Plus series. A very Phantom Menace. Yeah, Phantom Menace didn't have much joking. If it was, it was really, like, dry or in the moment of seriousness. It was poop jokes. It wasn't like a... Well, oh well. What are you talking about, will. man? It, I Jar Jar, Jar Jar. Y'all forgot all about that somehow. That's true. That's they block true. Yeah, them from from their memory banks, you know. I guess it was too traumatic. Yeah. Well, Jar Jar's whole character was supposed to be to be kind of a goofball, though. I'm talking about like people who are supposed to be serious, yeah. who are all of a sudden like Mr. Funny Guy, Goofy. That doesn't make any sense. Like, that's like if Qui Gon Jinn were to like spout a poop joke. I feel like Disney would do that if they were the ones that made Phantom Menace. And it just it just doesn't track. Yes, and in, in Phantom Menace, you never see... Obi-Wan is the type of character that would be the butt of a joke. He would never be... Uh, I don't know the proper word in writing. Oh, I disagree. He's got a very sense of dry British humor. He does. Especially in episode one. He does. One. And it only gets stronger as... Yeah, yeah but I, I just said especially episode one, but it actually only gets stronger in subsequent episodes. But it is very British, but and it's serious. It's not American. And it's yes, very I agree. character. It is not goofy. It is that dry, like oh, this uh, guy, sarcastic, that kind of thing. Yeah, and of course with Bad Batch, just bringing it back to Bad Batch, I know that this going to be cartoony. And if, and if I'm being honest, I think Bad Batch was less cartoony than some of the stuff we've seen in Book of Boba Fett. If I'm being honest. Hard, hard disagree. Quick question: And do you think, um, do you think we'll have Bad Batch appearances in the Book of Boba Fett this season? No. Well, we're I mean we're what two thirds through Book of Boba Fett season one. If there's even going to be a season two, I don't know how this thing ends. Of course, would it be Tamara Morrison with like four wigs? <laughs> like what, what? What would that be? So uh, when I say Bad Batch, it could I mean it, that includes Omega as well. So. <laughs> I would love to see his acting range as a little girl. That'd be great. I don't. Well, he he wouldn't be a little girl at that point. Omega would have grown up a little bit. She'd be the same age as Boba Fett. Mm. Right. Mm. At the same time. Actually, yeah. yes. Yeah, a hundred percent. She would be the same age as Boba Fett if she's alive and if she's like a character that actually I don't know. Isn't she? Does anybody know who she is? I mean, isn't she a new character? Yeah, she yeah we don't really know she anything was... about after what happens that we've seen so far for her. Correct. We know that she began, she was a Generation 1 clone. She remembers the Bad Batch being made. So she was she was one of the first clones. Even though she, her name is Omega, I think that's kind of weird, actually, that they did that. Because that name would kind of signify Omega's maybe I'm the, be the end. She was the yeah. last one. But I think it, yeah, like Grant was just murmuring about. No, no, I was just like, yeah, it, Omega's supposed to be the end and Alpha's supposed to be the beginning, so you think maybe there's a clone out there called Alpha? Well, Boba's Alpha. Boba's I was going to say, is, yeah, would, would Boba not really be you know, Alpha if they're going to name him based on his Well, they, they said it in Bad Batch. They said right. that that Boba was the Alpha. He, was, yeah. he is Alpha. Yep. Yep. But Bad Batch Season 2 supposedly coming out in spring of 2022 that is just a rumor 
Merchandising. Merchandising? What's that? Merchandising. Come, I'll show you. Open up this door. Here at Dork Wars, the podcast, we have a merch store. We have Dork Wars, the hoodie. We have Dork Wars, the t-shirt. We have Dork Wars, the coffee mug. Dork Wars, the phone case. We have Dork Wars, the bantha coat. Man, out of premium bantha leather and fur. Uh, we took them from the babies, actually. It's baby bantha. <laughs> so we're kind of like Cruella de Vil from 101 Dalmatians. No, I'm just kidding. Banthas aren't, aren't real. I think we've covered that before. Yeah, banthas aren't real. So we don't really have that. But if you need any of that other stuff, if you want to wear Dork Wars, the podcast, on your person, we would love to have you do it. Check us out on our link tree. Type in Dork Wars link tree on Google, and you will find it. Our merch store, I believe, is right up top. So just keep that in mind. I uh, hope you'll buy something. Thank you. Dork Wars, the podcast, is also a part of a conglomerate of other dorky and geeky Star Wars podcasts. You can find them at red5network.com. Roll the promo. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Tonight, we are talking about the Book of Boba Fett, Episode 4, The Gathering Storm. There's a storm a-brewing. There be two storms. So, Book of Boba Fett, Episode 4, The Gathering Storm. I like this episode. It doesn't seem like a ton moves forward, but we get some good information, some good ground laying work. And like I said earlier, I believe we're two-thirds through the Book of Boba Fett, so these last two episodes should be pretty awesome. Shaping up to be, anyways. This episode, if you don't know already, is going to be full of spoilers for the Book of Boba Fett Episode 4, so if you had not seen it yet, go check that out, and then come back here and listen to our thoughts on it. So we, we start out this episode with Boba, and he's he's sad. He's sad because his uh his tribe is gone. They've been destroyed. There's apparently a passage of time here. And we'll, we'll get into it, I'm sure, in a few. He's still riding because... that Banthas. He's still riding that slow Bantha through the desert. Yeah, he's still riding that Bantha, man. Takes a long time to get anywhere on that Bantha. I'm telling you, dude, it's so... <laughs> it's it, so it, crazy. <laughs> It makes me think that the uh, that there, he spent a lot more time with the Tuscan Raiders um, than we originally had thought. It is more along the lines of I'm sure there's a time skip between their deaths and him going there to Jabba's palace and stuff where the episode opens. But I feel like he he spent some more times with the Tuscans than we originally uh, were thinking in some of our earlier episodes. Yeah, yeah, and and we'll get into it farther down the line when we talk about the big reveal of Finnick Shan. Um, but, yes, Boba is scoping out Jabba's palace. He wants his ship back. He wants his ship back. And who can blame him? It's an awesome piece of machinery. And we get a glimpse of him looking at the guards and looking here and looking there. And he tells his Bantha. I don't know if his Bantha even has a name. You know no one here has a name. No name Bantha. Um, yeah, she, he named his Bantha Bantha. Keep it simple, right? <laughs> So he basically tells her, not today, girl. We we can't infiltrate today. And when he uttered this, I was really thinking, and at this point I didn't know there I didn't know there was a time skip, right? We don't know that at this point. 
I was really thinking that he was talking about going in there and just taking over. I thought that's where it was going. Like, he was scoping it out so he could go kill Bib Fortuna and lay claim to Jabba's territories. I, I think it was more along the lines of um, him kind of just not really, not wanting to do that already, but kind of like he says uh, he wants to make sure he's prepared and uh, we find out as he's talking to Finnick and just a little bit that uh, he wants to get his ship so he can go find his armor. Right. Yeah, it's it's funny to me, man. It, it means that, like, Boba Fett was the scourge of Jabba's palace, or at that time, Bib Fortuna's palace, on two occasions and caused a massive disturbance. <laughs> Moving forward, we see where uh, Finnick is laying out in the sand it's really dark. I was actually watching this on my phone, and I could barely see it. I literally had to turn the brightness on my phone all the way up and then go back and watch the scene over. He's muddling around the sand and sees Finnick, and he saves her. And this is where the title comes in, where it's talking about Gathering Storm. Well, real quick before we get past that part, um, we do see that one episode of The Mandalorian from his point of view from you know several, I would assume, miles away from the actual little scene with Mandalorian. And at the time, his little ally on that bike. You know, because they were yes, trying correct. to shoot the flares up to blind Phoenix so they could get into close quarters with her. Yep, um, right. And we see that, and as we see the flare go up, we also get the Mandalorian theme, which is something that yeah. will come back. And that was that was Mandalorian season one, episode five uh, that we're referring to here. Ooh, man, I like Grant. Grant did his homework. Hell yeah. Yeah, and in the Mandalorian episode um, that Grant's speaking of, like, at the end, a character walked like approaches Fennec Shand and lay in the sand, and in the Mandalorian, like it was like wearing spurs, like you could hear it. But um, in this episode, you don't hear that detail. I don't know if y'all noticed that or not. I, I thought I heard spurs. I'll have to go back now. Maybe I imagined it because I knew that scene from the Mandalorian. But right, I, I swear because I watched it just before we started doing this that I. That I heard Spurs. We'll have to do that and, and report back next time. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have a report. People, don't let me forget. Um, yeah, but maybe it's just one of those cartoony things that we don't like about Disney Plus shows. <laughs> There's Spurs for no reason. Because <laughs> it's cool. Um, but Boba Fett saves Finnick. This is where he picks her up and takes her to a modifier. This is this is a cool scene cuz now we know exactly what went down with Boba and Finnick. Up to this point, we know that he saved her life, but we don't know the details. But now we do. So he takes Finnick and takes her to like a mod shop. It's it's really like reminiscent of a tattoo parlor to me. Like <laughs> Well, it's crazy cuz this place seems like it has a like a great modding community between these guys and then later in time, the little gang of kids he gets under his wing. So are all the humans that are left on Tatooine now, like we're going to, we're going to hit and modify ourselves using tech <laughs> now. And, and do they, and do they use the same guy? I mean, I know they're in most Espa and this guy is outside of most Eisley. Right. But yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if this, I don't know if that guy's shop is, is most Espa or not. They weren't very clear about that. Yeah. It, well, no, they did. They said he was right outside of most Eisley or excuse oh, me, Isley. right outside of most Eisley. Yes. Okay, so it's not Espa, it's Isley. Yes. Wait, so, isn't that where the kids were hanging I, out at? No, no they were the in Mos Espa. No, they were, they were in Mos Espa. Oh. Everything Mos, in present oh, day God. so Moses. far has taken place in Mos Espa. It, there's the most Moses ever, dude. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're really hard to, to distinguish, and I know I said this last episode, but like when I was a kid, 
like I literally thought that um, everything going on in like Phantom Menace was like most Eisley, the same place where uh, Luke and Obi Wan find uh, Han Solo. But that's not the case. In Episode One, it is Mos Espa, where uh, Anakin lives with his mother. But yeah, with the the most Moses that's ever been mosted, uh, does everyone go to this one guy? Because it seems like a very specialized trade. You know, he like, seems like he knows like everything. Of... Like he's yeah. a doctor, he's a mechanic, he's an engineer. Like this guy is smart. He's wicked smart. Yeah. Um, a, a few details I noticed about the scene is uh, his arm that he originally has when Boba enters is actually a uh, super battle droid arm uh, attached to himself, which is interesting and a callback to the prequels. And then also um, it, it kind of goes back to uh, the moisture farmer in the last episode, or, or not the moisture farmer, the moisture seller, the water seller in the last episode and why Boba Fett kind of... The water dealer. Yeah, the water dealer. There we go. Um, and, and why Boba kind of, you know, and Finnick kind of stood with the, the, uh, the, the, the kids that are modded, the Mighty Morphin the Rangers. The Mighty Morphin Robot Rangers. Robot Rangers. Go, go, Power Rangers! It, it's because Finnick's part of it. Finnick is, uh, is all just like them, and, uh, he seemed to be kind of prejudiced against the, against those with modifications, and so it kind of makes sense why they're like, hold up, this is a problem that ain't alright, and kind of makes sense why they kind of brought them in and stuff. So it gives a little more clarity to that. And these people that are getting modified, they're getting modified with droid parts, and those are the same parts that the, uh, Mighty Morphin Robot Rangers are, uh, are modified with. Now, this might be my, like, misunderstanding but it seemed like the, everyone that was in that shop already or in line like they were just volunteering to get modified as like you know like body art you know what, yeah, it seems like think? he charges yeah. you know he's this yeah. is his business and you have to pay him well, i mean i would work. i would think so there's a lot of liability with opening yeah, someone's i guts. think that this is probably a common thing on tattoo i would agree with andrew it seems like it's more common than we would initially have believed yeah, um, my idea was if it was they all had appointments and uh, apparently Boba said, here, I have enough money. Um, I'm skipping all your appointments now. Yeah, who knows how many credits were in that little sack? It could have been a lot. I don't, it sounds like metal, but I don't think credits were metal. Well, credits yeah, aren't used I mean, in on uh, Tatooine. On, yeah, I mean, they're, it's out of rim world. Credits are no good there. Just ask the Toydarians. So I don't know what kind of like tender he was using. Later, he does talk about credits, though. So I don't, I don't know. Is that a retcon? I think credits because, are, in a general sense, is just like, yeah, that's money. Yeah, it's the same thing as saying money, but it's not the yeah. same thing as saying a dollar as a as opposed to a pound, as opposed to the yen. As you know, well, that's true because in episode one, they do say republic credits are not good out here. He he mentions republic credits. He doesn't necessarily say credits, you know. So that that very well me that very well may be the truth. And then we have, uh, what's it called, Calamari Flan, we know is a currency that they use in the Outer Rim, thanks to the Mandalorian. Right. There's a couple of other ones I think they mentioned, but I don't remember the names. The modifier was actually a musician from that musical act, Thundercat. Yeah, I thought this was awesome. This is a really good, there's, uh, this whole scene is, I don't know. I love the fact that they focus on all the musicians. Like, they focus on Max Rebo later on, and they focus on this guy, who's obviously Thundercat. It's awesome. 
So or is is he like uh, Thundercats, as in the uh, the TV show Thundercats? No, like, Thundercats, Thundercats, ho! Thundercat, you know? he's uh he's like uh, probably this generation's best bassist, I would say. And he's also just an all around amazing composer, uh, musician, producer. Cool man, I'm gonna have to look up Thundercat then. I, I love that stuff. Um, but no, that's that's pretty interesting, and it really shows like. A lot of this Disney stuff, I know we bag on Disney a lot for some of the stuff they do, but even like in the sequel trilogy and some of these shows, like they're bringing like high profile cameos in, like people who are like massive celebrities. Like it was uh, what Daniel Craig was in um, The Force Awakens as a stormtrooper. Like you would have never yep. known that. But uh, stuff like that, it's, I, th- I think it's pretty cool. I, I like it. The droid and, uh, and, uh, in Boba's palace now is uh, someone from the IT crowd. Matt Barry is the voice of that droid. Oh, nice, dude. Okay, that's one of the bosses, yeah. He was pretty funny. He's a comedian, too, Yeah, so that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I noticed that. I, I never brought it up on the show, but I've, I've seen that around, and yeah, I, I really like the, uh, I like AD-8, um, the, the palace droid. He's He's got like He's got some humor going on, like especially last was it last episode, um, episode three where they where he insulted, uh, well he thought he insulted Boba Fett by calling it like mentioning Jabba's reign or something, yeah. <laughs> and that that whole scene is is pretty funny. I, I like it. So Boba has saved Fennec Shan's life. Fennec Shan owes him a life debt. We see this. This is a current uh, a reoccurring theme in Star Wars: people being saved and then those people repaying their debt to the one that saved them. And he brings her out into the desert to go camping or whatever they're doing. I guess, well, he ain't got he he ain't got a house, you know. So he's living the uh, the Tuscan Raider life now. He is a nomad, roams the Dune Sea, and he brings Finnick back to his uh, to his camp. She thinks that he's gonna turn her in for a bounty. That he's gonna sell her out. He doesn't. She doesn't know who he is at this point. He hasn't introduced himself. And she's like, well, I guess I'm, I'm worth more alive than dead. Which is a, a pretty bleak look for anyone. Always on the run. And I know after, um, after the fall of the Empire, she went into hiding and people were hunting her, right? Yes, she was. Uh, the New Republic put out a bounty on her head, actually. Right, so she's been living in constant fear of being found, being killed, and I mean, she's done a great job at this point surviving, and now, I mean, nearly missed um, another assassination attempt, and I, I could see living that life just hardening, you know, being, it's, it, would, it would, that would suck, that would really, really suck, but anyways, uh, Boba talks about her joining him, like, he needs her, he, he would like her help, and that's when he pretty much, reve- he reveals to her that he is Boba Fett, and she said, no, Boba's yeah. dead. <laughs> yeah, she didn't believe it. And he said, yeah, and it, it makes me wonder, did she know Boba Fett before this? Like, did she have any encounters with him while he was in his armor? I, I would think so. I mean, it seems like the, the bounty hunters all kind of know each other. And if she didn't know Boba, I'm sure she had heard about Jango. And even then, Boba's reputation was, you know, crazy back then. I mean, during the, the Empire days, like, Boba Fett was, was one of the top bounty hunters, so... She probably had a massive respect for him, at least. I, I'm surprised she didn't mention, like, like you're a clone trooper or something along those lines. Do what? Because Boba Fett's a clone. So, 
you know, right. when, when oh, you're surprised she didn't say, are you a, are you like an ex-clone trooper? Yeah, yeah. Like when she awakens from her surgery, I guess, and sees him at the little campfire, like she, yeah. But he's 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 kind of messed up, though. I mean, he 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 doesn't really look like a clone trooper. Yeah, that's um, true. That's true. If you if you were to see Boba Fett the way he was then, and then what he looked like, he looks totally different. He really doesn't even look like he like his eyebrows for some odd reason are singed off, and like he just looks horrible. He he doesn't even look like Tamora Morrison, so. I could see why she doesn't know that he's a clone trooper. And is it widely known that Boba Fett is a clone of Jango Fett? Is that widely known? That's something I wonder. I don't know if we, I don't think, I don't think there's a real concrete answer for it. I don't think we've had too much. Oh, wait, actually, yeah. No, I don't, I mean, I don't think so. Because we haven't had a whole lot of footage for post Sarlacc Fett, you know? I think the better question is, how well was Django's face known and were the clones known to the public to have been clones of Django? And I don't think either one of those would be highly known. Probably, especially because Django wore a helmet on almost all of his missions. He only took it off when he was around his employers that we know of. Um, And then the fact that all the clones had helmets too, it could be understandable if a general amount of the population didn't even know what the clones looked like without the helmets, right? Right, right. And we do know that Bo-Katan knows that Boba is a clone because she, she makes that little snide comment about his donor. And in, we know uh, that the, she has served with, or she's fought with clones and served with them. So, you know, I, yeah. I, I give her a pass because of that prior knowledge. Right, right. That's what I was going to say. I, 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 too, give her a pass on that. So I don't know if it's even widely known that Boba Fett is the clone of Jango Fett. Probably more that it's his son. Like, that's what Django thought of Boba as, and I'm sure Django never referred to him as a clone, you know? So, this is when Fanuc and Boba Fett go to take out the, uh, to get the fire spray. Actually, before I get to that, I do want to mention that Boba does use the word fire spray. He says that we're going to go get my fire spray starship, or battleship, or whatever you called it. Gunship. Starfighter, I believe. Gunship. But he didn't. Now, I... He didn't say that it was called the Fire Spray. He said his Fire Spray Starship. So I think maybe Disney's trying to, to do the plausible deniability thing here. He used the word Fire Spray as an adjective and not like a, a name, a noun. Right. Yeah, like it's, a, like it's a Fire Spray type. I disagree. I think he's using it as a name. I think he's, you know, it's like, it's like my girl, you know? Like my well, baby. He, but he did say but he did say my fire spray starship. He didn't say let's go get the fire spray. It's possessive, yeah. <laughs> Think about this. What if the Millennium Falcon did not have the reputation it had? Han probably would refer to it as my Corellian YT thirteen hundred. Right. But anyway, it just seems to me that Disney's kinda like they don't want to commit to not calling it the slave one, but they definitely don't want it said out loud. And some people analyze it like this is Another example of Boba's transformation of like he's given up his bounty hunting life of the Slave One, and now he's taking a more um, different approach with a different name. Because fire spray is right. is less uh, antagonistic. Well, no, it's not because of what we see in, in a few scenes. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Hey, real quick, before we keep going, after we we start getting into the ship part, I think it's really important as they're sitting around the little campfire. There's a scene where he discusses that his Tuscan friends were all killed, right? And they right, he describes yeah. them being killed by the swoop gang. 
And Finnick doesn't believe that story because to her, a group of Tuscans should be able to defend themselves on their own against the Swoop Gang. So I think it's highly implied it wasn't just the biker gang. It was perhaps with the Pikes as well. Or, yeah, or, he says oh, the yeah, Pikes. Perhaps another, another yeah, player yeah. we yeah. haven't yeah. seen. He definitely says the Pikes, doesn't he? I for- In the next line. No, no, he didn't say the Pikes. He didn't say the Pikes. Finnick, Finnick has this, she says something like, I can't remember the, the quote, but she definitely is taken aback by the fact that he thinks, at yeah. least, right. he's just and, and a biker gang. This is something I did forget to mention. This is very important, DJ. I'm glad you went back. Yeah, so Finnick is saying, you know, she's talking to him, and he, he says that he's, he was taken in by a group of Tuscan Raiders, and that they took him in, they showed him how to fight, um, the way they do, he was part of the tribe, and that they were murdered by the the biker gang, which Diedrich so uh, lovingly calls them the Swoop Gang. Hold up, like and, actually, uh, I, I know you just said that, but like, um, a big thing here, Boba doesn't call them Dusk Raiders. Finnick does. He calls them the Sand People. It's almost like she sees them as savage animals, and he sees them as a civilized people. And I think that's very important to di- to differentiate the difference there. I like that detail, Grant. Thank you for sharing that. That, that is the good <laughs> I love detail. Yeah, like it's something small because it, show, it does show his growth and development. It isn't just some random thing they throw out there. They're very deliberate with, uh, with, with the way he yeah. said it. Yeah, he doesn't see them as barbarians, whereas the public does. Yeah, yeah I agree. It, it's definitely implied that Boba Fett felt that he was now a Tusken Raider, an honorary Tusken Raider at the very least. And he shares that with Finnick. Finnick even goes as far as saying, the Tuscans made you soft. And he said, no. The, uh, uh, what's the exact quote there? He says, You can the only Tuscans, go so far without a tribe. Yeah. Yeah, they made him strong and that you could only go so far without a tribe. Very, very good stuff. That's the ending, um, though. They're, they're at another campfire with right. the ship in the background. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're correct there. Got a lot but of it was So it's highly implied that the Tuscan Raiders should have won out against the biker gang. Finnick is taken aback by the fact that they were taken out by just a biker gang. So I think that is meant to set up something coming up and it really seems that uh, the Tuscan Raiders were done in by more than, uh, than the Swoop Gang. I'm going to come and- back to this in a second, uh, when we, well, not in a second, by the time we get to the end because I think it might signify another player that we haven't seen. Well, I'd like to take a moment and just thank John Favreau once again for killing my favorite Tuscans. So, thanks, John. Thanks a lot. Going back to uh, the, the the springing of the of uh, what Bobo calls the fire spray. Uh, according to Wikipedia, fire spray thirty one class patrol ship and attack craft is just the class it is. So that is indeed not its name, but its actual model. So Boba and Finnick go to spring the ship from. Jabba slash Bib Fortuna's palace. And this is a cool scene. This is this is neat. They scout the place out. They go in there and they just start kicking butt and taking names. And I, I don't think there's a, a whole lot of story and discussion that, that's probably going to go on here just because it's a whole lot of just beating the crap out of Gamorrean guards and droids. Yeah, uh, I particularly like, like the, the um, General Grievous chef droid in particular. <laughs> Yeah, he was pretty cool, man. Like, he was, he was about to do some damage. And I don't know if you guys remember this, but the other droid that is knocked out almost instantly by Boba was in Return of the Jedi, and he was the droid that calls R2 feisty. He's like, you're a feisty little one. 
but you'll soon learn some respect. <laughs> yeah. So I, I love you, that they're bringing you... back more things from you know the original trilogy that are around Java's palace that didn't apparently blow up. That was a very good impression, by the way, Diedrich. I applaud you. That that almost sounded exactly like the uh, that His droid. impressions are on point. Thank you. I worked on it for a long time. <laughs> he he's been waiting for this for years. It's also important to point out that uh, they didn't use the front door. This is the first time we've seen someone actually on screen not go through the, not go through the front door to Jabba's palace. But yeah, very cool scenes, man. Very cool action. Everyone's fighting. It's it's everybody was kung fu fighting, you know. They those cats was fast as lightning. But uh Boba and Fennec do get to the fire spray slave one, whatever you want to call it. I was about to say the scene where they're in and Fennec Shand is fighting inside uh while Boba's getting the ship ready is very reminiscent of the Empire Strikes Back Hoth scene with the Millennium Falcon and the stormtroopers coming in and trying to stop them from taking off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty cool callback. I agree. It, it it does seem like it didn't really seem like Finnick is holding off all those guards and doing a doggone good job. I mean, she's picking them off, headshots everywhere while Boba's getting the ship ready. It was nicely done. So, Boba and Finnick get to the ship, they take off, and Boba tells Finnick that her debt is paid. And where would she like to be dropped off at? And so Finnick tells him, or asks him, what he's going to do next. Because she really doesn't have anything to do, right? She's just been in hiding, trying to trying to evade the bounty hunters at this point. And he tells her, hey, I'm, I'm going to go right some wrongs. I've got a whole list of people that I want to destroy. <laughs> he also mentions some hut. And I don't know Did what he? the reference is. Yeah, there's some hut that he's like, that's on his hit list. And I have no idea what in the world that means. This, so, this may be, have been something I missed. Uh, that'll be interesting to see. I heard that too, and I, I was trying to turn on like the subtitles to hear that again, but yeah, I, I don't know what that was either. Because he was like, I gotta, I gotta kill that slug something that betrayed me, and then Fennec says the name of some hut. Anyway. That's right. So, uh, Wesley, you said you were trying to turn the subtitles on. Could you just not figure it out, or like, what happened? What happened there? <laughs> I'm on my Roku, man, and it only has like three buttons on it, so... <laughs> <laughs> So I gave up. Yeah, man. When I first started using Roku, it was it was different. It was different. But yes, it Finnick, this is where Finnick and Boba start to bond. Like she she's his right hand woman. Like they're a team now. And I enjoy it. So Boba goes to the Sarlacc because that's where he thinks his armor is. It's good to know because um you know, he thinks that he lost his armor in the Sarlacc pit. When we know, we already know, we've seen it. But he gets out with his armor, and those doggone Jawas steal it from him. Those rascally little things. And he proceeds. He's trying to look all up in the Sarlacc mouth with his light and stuff and can't see anything in there. He even goes as far as to go down in the thing. After, well, this is after the seismic mind charge to the face. Imagine eating one of those. Well, he goes down into it first, and I feel like that's a dumb move. Does he not remember there's a, a beak? that comes out or is this the same Boba Fett before George Lucas edited that in you know it just feels like he would know that it was <laughs> right. that so that the the whole little thing that comes out the the beak with the tongue that like grabs right that's in the special editions right from the late 90s 
Correct. Correct. Um, so is this so Boba he, Fett really from the? So yeah, he drives he the ship. He drives the ship down, like almost into it, and he's trying to find it. He shines the light. That, but and that's when it attacks, though. Yeah, exactly. And then, then he crawls down. He crawl. He crawls his person down in it after he seismic mind charges its face. Yeah, but I was just gonna say I feel like that was a real dumb move on his part. Did oh, he to not put know the ship that... in it. Yeah, did he not know that beak thing was there? Yeah, yeah. He, I guess he did. Maybe he thought he killed it. You know. And that was not how I wanted the seismic mind to be used. It felt very hacky. You know, it would have been smart if he had been like, oh, well, this thing's still alive, clearly. Let me turn my ship around, and then I'll drop it into it and fly away for a second, let it go boop, well, and, and then come back. Yeah. Well, and then too, man, like, I don't, I don't know, maybe he just didn't think that the Sarlacc would be able to take his ship out. I, I don't know. I, I, I like the scene. It, it may have been dumb for him to do that, but I still like the scene. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't Boba that used his uh, seismic charge. It was actually Finnick that released it. Right. <laughs> so I'm I'm mad at Finnick. Okay. Yeah, be mad at Finnick. I'm kind of so mad at after, him. Both. After they kill the Sarlacc for presumably the last time, Boba like repels down in there, is looking around, and um, yeah. Actually, before we get to that though. I would, I do like, I would like to mention when they're coming up to the Sarlacc pit, Fennec says, "Well, wouldn't your armor have dissolved?" And Boba says, "No, not Beskar." So I think now it is confirmed that Boba Fett's armor is Beskar. I don't know that we've actually had a confirmation of that until now, because I think there's been some debate in the past whether it was Durasteel or Beskar that that armor was made out of. Now we know it is Beskar. For some reason, I thought almost all of the Mandalorians had Beskar, but the Mandalorians, the character, his is like pure, so it's a lot more durable. That was my headcanon, but I guess there are different types of armor they used. Yeah, well, back in the EU, he had Durasteel armor. It wasn't Beskar. Um, if Beskar was even a thing when they started writing the EU, you know? And I think like a Mandalorian armor had always kind of been there, but I think Beskar was the name given for you know Mandalorian. Correct, correct. And now in new canon, there has been some debate whether Boba Fett slash Jango Fett's armor was Beskar or was it Durasteel. But of course, now it is confirmed that it is Beskar, which is really cool. Another thing, um, when talking about the Sarlacc pit, Boba Fett references, "Yeah, I was stuck in that Sarlacc pit." so many years ago, all those years ago. So that, and the fact that he's rescued Fennec Shand, which we know takes place in Mandalorian time, five years after the fall of the Empire, there's been a major time skip somewhere. So he's and been this with is the Tuscans where we kind of for a out. long time. So, but here's my question. Was he with the Tuscans a long time or had the Tuscans been destroyed and he's been roaming the desert alone for a long time? True. I don't, I don't we, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Why not because both? The Tuscan stuff. Well, <laughs> it can't be both. <laughs> I mean, it can be. That's sense. five years. He could have spent like half of them with the Tuscans and half of them just waiting out at Jabba's yeah, palace. Two years with the same I people. Still, I still don't. 
I still don't think that the, that he was with the the Tuscans that long. I mean, maybe. I mean, look at his body; uh, it's scarred up. It's you know, son yeah. has done damage. The two sons have done damage to it. He's there for longer than you and think. I he think has that been. later on, and that's we'll why he's in the uh, in the pit. I, I would like some confirmation. I would really like some confirmation because it it is left to the imagination, and up till now, it just seems like he had been with him a couple months. I mean, in all seriousness. Well, yeah, but I, I if think you, we will at least get. Go ahead, Grant. I was going to say, uh, if you think back to Empire Strikes Back, you know, we think Yoda's trained Luke's for, you know, a couple of days. And in actuality, he was there for a couple of weeks training with him. You, you don't really have a good sense of time in Star Wars like ever. So I, I don't think we'll ever get that yeah, answer. Yeah, but Empire Strikes Back is a movie. Things are, I mean, you got two hours to tell the whole story. This is more fleshed out. I mean, a series is meant to be more fleshed out. And I think that is something that should be fleshed out. Where a movie, you, you really don't have the time, like, you didn't have the time in Empire Strikes Back to, to make that definition, you know? But in a series, it's, it, in a TV series, you really have that time to kind of break things down, right? But if they haven't done it so far, why would they change the pattern now and say, hey, we're going to give you a definitive timetable of what's happening yeah, because when? It's, because it's freaking confusing, that's why. Like, no other time have I been like that, because in Empire Strikes Back, that, that really doesn't matter all that much. Like, it's kind of a, a small griping point. Here, it's it's kind of a big question, I think. I mean, it's it's important to me. Like, was it a couple months? Was it years? Like, I, I don't know. Weeks to days and months to years is just a little bit different for me. I was going to say, I think we have one more flashback, and that's going to be him figuring out Cobb Vanth has his armor and him kind of checking on the situation and maybe not making a move yet, but at least knowing who's got the armor. Yeah. Yeah, I think, because I was, I was beside myself. We hadn't ended the flashback portion yet, but I, I don't know if this is the last, the last flashback or if we're going to have another one. I, if we do, I agree with you, Diedrich. But um, I'll get to that in a moment. I do want to, do want to move on to a really fun part of the episode where Boba Fett, in spite of not being a bounty hunter and being on a, a path to goodness now, decides to take revenge in the most brutal way possible against the biker gang. Oh my gosh, that was satisfying. <laughs> okay, that actually happens before that the happens Sarlacc before pit. the Sarlacc pit. Yeah. Did it really? Did did that really happen? Yeah, before that, I thought that's it was why, the last part. That's I why it was I the said last part of the flashback. That's why I said Phoenix said that before the biker gang and not the Sarlacc pit because it goes biker gang, Sarlacc pit, and then the end of uh, of the flashback. Dang, well that is my bad. Let me just uh, so let's just talk about that for one moment. How cool was that? Seeing the the uh, slave one fire spray go in there and just destroy the biker gang. Yeah, it was pretty cool to watch. We've never really seen a spacecraft go in on a ground vehicle before yeah and it really attests to to boba fett's like abilities with that ship because how hard would they have had to been to hit you know on those speeder bikes but he's boba fett and this is that's the whole thing this is the kind of stuff that i would have expected in that first fight uh was it episode one yeah it was uh with the spies and the assassins So now we're going to flash forward because I missed that part. We're going to, of course, go to where we need to go. Um, in the present, Boba Fett wakes up from the uh, back to tank, and this is where I think 
might be evidence that this might be the last flashback because his flashbacks come in the back to tank. The droid informs him that he is fully healed and does not need the back to tank anymore. Right. Yeah, I, the only reason that comment is made public to everyone is I think that signifies that it's the end of the flashbacks and everything's going to be present time now. That's what it seems like to me, at least. So, what really gets me is it seems like he's been helpless since he's been getting in this back-to-tank all the time. Could something have happened to Boba Fett between the time we see him in Mandalorian and then the time that he takes over for Bib Fortuna, or maybe right after, that has caused him to be in that back-to-tank? Or do you think it's just like uh, Fennec Shan was saying in in the flashback, that he really needed to find a back-to-tank? He just really needed some R&R, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's had a hard few years. He needed to chill. He needs okay? a sabbatical. Who doesn't need a sabbatical every once in a while? I think it's pretty heavily implied that, you know, the end of The Mandalorian Season 2 is where we are now, at least in the present. So, I feel like Boba Fett's really about to get a lot more uh, action-packed. I feel like he's about to get in there and just start mixing it up, throwing hands slinging guns, doing the whole nine, man. I think he's going to take all of his skills as a bounty hunter, his skills from the Tuscan tribe, and he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. I'm excited to see what Boba Fett does next, at least in terms of the action. So now Boba Fett is going to go into the city and find some stuff out. He's, He's planning his strike against the Pikes. And we happen upon the sanctuary. It seems like this is the bar of Moses, but this is the cantina where it's all going down. And we enter the enter the bar, and who do we see? Our boy, the man himself, the man, the myth, the legend, Max, Max Rebo. Rebo. I love this, dude. This is one of my favorite parts of this episode. I love that she called attention to him and like announced his name. It was amazing. Yeah. So that happens later in this scene. But we get a black chrysanthemum drinking heavily, apparently, because he's racked up quite a tab. He hadn't been there that long. Like, he just waddled off in a weird manner from Jabba slash Bib Fortuna slash Boba Fett's palace. Presumably caught some kind of Uber to Mos Espa. And he is now like, where'd he get money? Like, I still want to know where his money came from. He's still like, just, he's just, he's throwing back and he's watching the Trandoshans have a lot of fun and betting and stuff. And that just really ticks him off. Because they kept winning and he, he's been losing. Trandoshans and tons of media, especially in the Clone Wars, are seen trying to hunt Wookiees. Ah, uh, okay. And Wookiees uh. and Trandoshans are not friendly. They should not be in a room together. Well, I wish the Trandoshans, someone would have told the Trandoshans, because uh, they freaking about got filleted, man. Black or Sandin's sitting there drinking, and I guess he was just in a drunken stupor, and he was like, you know what? I see some Trandoshans. It's time to throw down. And he just goes at it, man. He just starts throwing them, beating the mess out of him. He's got his little shock uh, brass knuckle thing smacking him. It's great. Oh, one thing I did notice in the scene is he has them on both of his hands, and it looks like he doesn't put them on. So they are, are apparently those type of uh, implants and uh, modifications like, uh, like what you speculated. Either that or he's just always got them on because he's always ready for a fight, man. So I did a little research on what we see of him in the uh, Darth Vader series with Dr. Aphra. Um, and he does have implants. Like, his little knuckle things, at least in the comics, are 
I guess, and it should be canon, right? Because it is the, the they are canon. series. That's correct. So, so those are implants. implants. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, implants is it implants? Is that what? You... Yes, well, enhancements, modifications, modifications. Something. Oh, even Black Crescenton is modified, dude. So everybody's modified. Not a lot of people have names. This is Tatooine now. Black Chrysanthemum just throws down on the Trandoshans. It's it's a good time. He gets one of them and he's holding him up and he's like real angry with him. And then Garza comes out, the the lady that owns the sanctuary, and tries to talk him down. Like, you know, we're just all trying to have a good time. We'll wipe your bar tab. Just put him down and act like nothing ever happened. And Boba Fett walks in, I think right before this. He's kind of witnessing all of this ha- happen. And uh, Black Sandin's kind of like looking at her like he's considering it. And he's like, nope, rips his arm off. We know Wookiees love to rip people's arms off. What a stereotype. <laughs> we, can't, we can't call the slave one the slave one, but we can profile Wookiees, you know? What's this I'm just world gonna, coming to? I'm just going to say this. I'm going to leave it out here. Uh in that dress she wore, oh my god, dude, she's like the finest Star Wars character. <laughs> I agree. Like, I, I think I'm a little attracted dude, to Twilight Twi- girls I'm now. I'm telling like, you, man, the Twi'leks are where it's at. I'm telling you, man, most people are like, I think Twi'leks are the most like crossbred species. I'm, I'm gonna say that because we've seen a clone trooper with a Twi'lek, we've seen a failed Padawan become Jedi Knight, humanoid guy with a uh with a uh, Twi'lek. Like, I think, I think everyone's got a crush on the Twi'leks. They are typically exotic dancers for Jabba. Yeah, that's where we see the first Twi'lek in Star Wars history. Well, that's not true. Uh, it's Bib Fortuna. Bib Fortuna's yeah. a Twi'lek. Man, why is he okay with, like, letting the women from his race dance for Jabba? He's, man, Bib Fortuna's a dirtbag. Is Bib Fortuna a Twi'lek? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's a fat one at the end there, but yeah. Yeah, man. And he's the only he, Twilight he getting... that's like that skin tone, though. It's very odd. He's an albino Twilight. <laughs> They're very rare. It's like black Kersantan. <laughs> yeah, he's he should have been called albino Bib Fortuna. But that just that was a mouthful, so they just shortened it to Bib Fortuna. Is Fortuna his last name? I don't, know. I don't know. I don't think it. I don't even think it matters. It's his second name. Well, what's his last name then? No, Andrew? that's his, that's his, it's the same thing. So, what, what Star Wars only has two names. Think about it. Han Solo. We don't. We don't hear a Han Rutherford Solo. I wonder what. I wonder what Luke's you know, uh, middle name. Thanks would be. to thanks to Ray. Everybody now cares about what a what a family <laughs> name is. That's right. <laughs> Heck, you you don't even have to be born a Skywalker. You can just be one. Heck, if you ask me, I'm Blake Skywalker. Luke Skywalker. Do the Force Ghost of Luke and uh, Leia look at you? Yeah, in longing. It's creepy, man. I'm usually like asleep when they do that. It's 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 getting weird. So, uh, Boba Fett sees this. Black Chrysanthemum leaves the bar after just killing this guy, and presumably doesn't even pay his bar tab because he's that cool. He didn't pay his bar tab and kill. So he's probably not dead. He's not dead, but he's he's maimed. He pulls his arm off. Doesn't pay actually, his bar tab and leaves. That species grow their limbs back because they're lizard folk. Okay, so then what was what's the deal? He's gonna grow back anyways. Who cares? Exactly. Yeah, no biggie. Yeah, no biggie. No, no, you know, no harm, no foul. 
I mean, a little bit of harm, but it's going to grow back. It's cool. So Black Chrysanthemum leaves the bar. Boa Fett, uh, he says something to, to Garza here. I don't know if it's of any consequence. He's like, it was worth a try. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a little, little snide comment. Leaves the bar and is like, hey, man, it looks like you need a job. <laughs> I, I think I saw this coming, you know. Yeah, well, I didn't think it was going to happen so soon. I thought we might get uh, Black Chrysanthemum coming in to save the day, maybe in the finale, like to come fight or something against the Pikes. But yeah, I mean, this has gone with kind of this theme I've been talking about. Like, we get set up in one episode and we get payoff in the next one. That has been a pretty cool thing for the Book of Boba Fett. We get all this set up and then we get immediate relief. And I don't want it to spoil me, you know, because I know the Bad Batch may be coming in the spring and we're going to get all this stuff that's not even going to get answered in the same season. So, so Boba Fett goes to the meeting of the family that used to be, because under Bib Fortuna, all these captains that were under Jabba kind of split off into their own territories, don't want anything to do with one another, and it's kind of like this whole Council of the Crime Lords, you know, of Tatooine, or as Boba Fett would call it, Tatooine, or whatever. Um, I like how he pronounces Tatooine. That's that's kind of one of my favorite things in Book of Boba Fett. Um, but anyways, he's having a meeting with the families, and he's like, "Look, there's the Pikes are coming. Like, it's not good for anybody. Let's all help each other out." And they're pretty much like, "Well, what's keeping any of us from killing you and taking your position?" And that's when our boy, the Rancor, does he have a name yet? Unnamed Rancor. I don't think so. Don't think so either. Um, I know last episode he said, what should we call you? And then never gets to it. So Ranky the Rancor comes up and just growls at them and scares the crap out of all of them. And they all get up out of the table. Jabba's just sitting there all cool like. Pretty cool scene of intimidation. Gosh, Boba. Jeez, Jabba's dead, guys. I I can't, I just can't, (laughs) I can't believe it. Jabba's dead. Boba just sits there all cool like. And pretty pretty much it answers her question. Like, what's keeping them from, from killing Boba? Boba's the coolest guy ever. Can't kill Boba. Sarlacc couldn't even kill Boba. And it tried twice. Yeah, it tried twice. It got two cracks at it. So Boba pretty much asks the uh the crime the crime captain lords of their territories. He says, You don't even have to help me fight the pikes. Just don't betray me. Don't sell me out. And then they all leave. And Fennec Shan asks him do you trust them? And he's like, I trust them to do what's best for them. So somebody's going to betray Boba Fett. Like I a hundred percent, somebody's betraying him. I'm calling it. Oh yeah. Someone's going to break the neutrality and then Boba's got to ride in on a rancor and, and make an example. out. Yeah. Of I think, I think it's the Trandoshan. I think it's the Trandoshan, man. He looked, he looked pretty, uh, pretty shifty. Well, you would think that the Trandoshans would be afraid with, Black Chrysanthemum standing in there in the corner all menacingly when they probably knew about his outburst at the sanctuary earlier that day. <laughs> well, maybe. Are you are you implying that all the Trandoshans have to know each other because they're Trandoshans? There are a that's, ton of Trandoshans apparently. In, that's pretty. In that's Espa. pretty. That's pretty specious of you, Cedric. Well, they are that, the they're the head of the family, right? They should know about what happens to their people. Like I'm, country I'm saying, folk. a good leader would I'm know country that. Country folk. It's like asking me, like, do I know Brad Paisley just because I'm country folk? No, I don't know him. Okay. Well, it or also are you like the governor of Texas or something. <laughs> maybe I am. Maybe yeah. it might be on Wikipedia. Go look up my name. No, I'm just kidding. It's not. I could change that though. I might do that later tonight. Uh, 
the the where the oasis is or is it oasis is that what it's called sanctuary sanctuary, sanctuary. the well, sanctuary the oasis the, is where garth brooks drinks there we go the sanctuary is in the Trandoshans territory so it would make sense for them to have knowledge about it that's true that's true well anyways he didn't seem i that thought hold on are sanctuary. you sure about that because i thought boba claims that that is his but if you go back to the previous episode where they open up with the uh, the all the families and what territories they own, the Trandoshans control the center, which is where the uh, sanctuary is. So maybe they control the territory, but he gets direct payment from the sanctuary then. So what the is heck he, does Boba Fett even... What What is he? Is he over everybody? I always assumed that's what it well, was. He, he was over He also everybody. says to the crime families that he's not going to make a move on their territory, so it sounds like I'm yeah, confused because, yeah. So I, I want some I want some background on what what Boba Fett really is lord over. Like, what does he really run? Like, Jabba. It's implied that Jabba owned all of it, and those guys were just captains over their territory. When Bib Fortuna took over, he was such a spineless wimp that they pretty much said, "Not nah, this is ours now. I've been running this for Jabba. Jabba's gone. It's mine now." So and Bib Fortuna ruled whatever the heck he ruled. I don't know. I don't know what piece that is. What I think it is, is they handle the stuff in their actual territory. They get all the drugs, they, or spice, sorry. They get all the spice and stuff that they want, and then they go to Bib Fortuna to move it off-world. Or went to Bib Fortuna, and I think that's kind of where Boba's going to step in. He's going to move the spice off-world and be the person that coordinates, you know, how it gets sold and moved and stuff like that, and he's going to get a large percentage of the cut of all their business that they do. I mean that's a, that's a good theory, but he's he's the Damio, right? He's they they treat the Damio. What what the what? The Damio. Yeah, I don't I don't know how to, I don't know how to freaking pronounce it. Mighty Damio. <laughs> he's 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 new Jabba. He is new Jabba, and I feel like he should have like rule like it's it's like he's kind of a a pseudo ruler over the crime of Tatooine. Like what he says goes. Even in those earlier episodes, like he's like, "Why aren't you on a litter?" That that tells me that he should be over all of these people, not just working with them or being like this, like they're clients of his. He should like tell them what to do and how to do it. Well, he also is going on the fact that he wants to lead by respect and the way that he's trying to earn the respect is say, hey, trust me with this and I'll trust you with that. And then ultimately tell them what to do. But like, if you try to immediately do so, you're going to have to use force and that's not what he's trying to do the way that Jabba did. I understand that. I understand that. I do. I like that. But still, just the position he's in should demand some respect other than, hey, man, you're just a guy that says he's over us. And I understand why they did that with Bib Fortuna, but I mean, jo- uh, Boba Fett has this reputation of being this really, really hard dude, you know? Dietrich, you're going to say something? No, nah, I disagree with what you said, man. That was very well put. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, are we... Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Grant, Grant and Dietrich can't agree? What, what is the world coming to? We can't do that. I honestly thought me and Dietrich would agree on quite a few things on this episode. The viewership is going down. We can't do this. No, I'm just kidding. That's great. I'm glad you guys have agreed on something. What a dumb take, Grant. Let's fight for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> Let's create drama like a reality show. No, I'm just kidding. So Boba and Finnick are talking about the war to come. Boba tells Finnick, hey, 
We have to prepare for a war. War is coming. And we've already got we've already got a little bit of muscle. We have the Mighty Morphin Robot Teenage Rangers. We have uh, Black Chrysanthemum, who is a whole whole freaking force on his own. We got the Rancor that presumably Boba's going to ride at some point. Can't wait for that. And we got Fennec and Boba themselves. Boba's talking about getting muscle. You forgot and, about uh, the uh, thick boys, Gamorians. Oh well, no, they're dead, aren't they? Didn't Black Chrysanthemum no, no. kill them? Or he just he no. just disabled them. The, he did bite one pretty bad, but they spit. They, they he took, took him to, to the, the back, back to tank. tank. That's true. I just didn't see them thick boys uh, this episode. They were standing Others. in the background. Hey, we saw them in the in the past. We didn't see them in, that much in the present this time. Yeah, that's true. And they were at we the did, meeting. Yeah, they were. They were. Not you mentioned. I do remember that. And we got the the two Gamorians. I don't. I don't find that as. I don't even count that. I mean, they're they're okay. They did save job or they. They did save Boba that one time. They definitely did but, save Jabba. <laughs> and they helped on, to save him against Black Kersantan. Yeah, they did. They were they were just They obstacles. come in clutch. They they do come in clutch. They they might not be that great, but they come in clutch. All I'm saying is where was Finnick when Black Kersantan showed up? She was she was napping, man. It was nighttime. She was sleeping. The teenage kids were up doing whatever teenage kids do on Tatooine. Probably spice. But uh yeah, Finnick, Finnick was sleeping, or or she was she was in league with with the Huts. Who knows? That's a that's a horrible theory, but there it is. And I don't really think that. But anyways, Boba is telling Finnick to prepare. There's a war coming, and we need muscle. How are we going to get some muscle? And she says, "Well, with the right amount of money, you can find muscle." And that's when we hear a certain. Musical score. That's right, the Mandalorian theme. So, is Din Djarin coming to help Boba? And why would he have to pay him? Because, like, they're they're bros now, right? Well, he did, he helped the Mandalorian because of the fact that the Mandalorian gave him the armor, and he felt... I guess that he owed the Mandalorian in in order to get Baby Yoda back, or Grogu, excuse me. Baby Yoda, Grogu. I don't know if they're like bros for free, but yeah. they are both kind of honorable now. Yeah, man. I mean, I would I would think I would think that they were bros enough that he just be like Din. I, I I need a solid, and he would come. But I think we might be him. taking it too literally. It might not be just Din Djarin. It might be him as well as. Bo-Katan and their little group that they have been forming to take back Mandalore. Now you know? that that would be a force to be reckoned with, and you know what that that may be true because we know that Bo-Katan does not like Boba Fett. Well, she's going to want that money. She ain't doing nothing for free. No, she's not, unless it's got to do with Mandalore. I'm about to say probably using that money to build up um, some more forces for Mandalore, trying to get more best car for more Mandalorians. And I'm going to tell you what, I know that, that we're talking Book of Boba Fett, but I really want to see the uh, Din Djarin, Bogota. I want to see them take back Mandalore. I really want to see that. So season three, Mandalorian, that, that, that has to be what happens. I, I want to see that so bad. But anyway. The real question is, 
do we see Pedro Pascal on Book of Boba Fett, or do they just use the stunt double and never take his helmet off this time? Keep the helmet on. Well, it's a good way to cut costs. Good way to cut costs. So let's move on to the rating of the episode. That's where the uh, the can really I, cool. Can I give a gripe? Of course, of rating. course you can. So, of course, one you of can. my gripes, and it's less about this episode specifically and more about the series in general so far, is that I don't feel afraid for the little party at all. There's no real like enemies, and each time they introduce an enemy that seems scary and frightening, like the twins with Black or Santin or you know whatever, they instantly don't they're instantly not a problem anymore. It's like the next episode, oh, they're either on your team or they're just, they're going to like leave. They're not be a factor anymore. So I don't know what, you know, th- there's a little group of like all named characters at this point, except for the two Gamorrean guards, but he's and got a Rancor, whole little group. And Danny Trejo. Well, Danny Trejo does have a name. We just don't know it. I think, right? I don't know. No, his name anyway. is Danny Trejo. He is Space yeah. Danny Trejo. That works for me. But it's like all these main characters with names against, what, just like 100 pikes? I, I don't know. I feel like there's got to be something more to come. And I feel like the little phrase that Finnick gave where she was so surprised that the swoop gang destroyed the Tuscans, I feel like we're going to find out that the pikes had called in some other bounty hunter. And I think it'd be great if it were Cad Bane. He's a bounty hunter. And you smart. The kid's got it all figured out. You're in trouble now. Cad Bane Finnick rematch? Exactly, because they've got a past. And I mean the Trandoshans, man, they got Bosk. Maybe they maybe they got Bosk on the on the roster. Maybe it's I'm telling you, I think we've said this before. But I think it might be a group of bounty hunters, man. I th- I think they've got a. I think the Pikes have a force. Because they got to the do something because I'm not worried right now. I'm not scared for the you know for Boba Fett and his group of main characters because well, nothing yeah, cause, seems threatening. Yeah, because the Pikes, man, they're not really like a war race. You know, they're they're sneaky. They're gonna hire people to do the muscle work, right? So, who's gonna fight the war for the Pikes? Because the Pikes can't do it. The Pikes will get slaughtered by themselves. So, yeah, I just hope we get a threat, you know? Yeah, and, and now that you say that, I, I do agree that there, there is a lack. There is a lack of a really big bad guy other than the Pikes. They're the big bad guys. But they really don't have a lot of, like... Are they that bad? Or, yeah. Not, not bad, but are they that scary? Yeah. The, you know, they, they have this whole... They're, what's scary about them is they have enough money to hire whoever... It's they that, want it's the underworld politics. Yeah, yeah, gangster money. So I, I can't wait to see what happens. I can't wait to see what happens in these next two episodes. I'm hoping we get a big, big finale. So let's move on to the ratings. Grant, first to you. Out of ten, or out of five times two, what do you give the Book of Boba Fett episode four? I give it an eight. Um, I like seeing the. Uh, Bob, what Boba Fett is doing during and Finnick are doing during the Mandalorian season one slash season two um, kind of figuring out their side of the story how they get to wherever they're going to meet um, the Mandalorian uh, Pedro Picasso or Din Djarin as he actually is in the show and uh, I, I think it's great and then the present day stuff feels nice and rewarding Boba Fett's finally healed up um, he goes into town on his own he seems to just be 
um, more of the Boba Fett that we've seen. He isn't really scared and walking with his group for the first time in town. I think that's something that we didn't really mention, but um, kind of shows that he feels like he can ca- take care of himself again. And uh, just the overall excitement of possible uh, Din Djarin showing up in the next episode or the finale. Yeah, I can agree on that. I, I like that rating. And yes, it does seem that Boba Fett kind of relies on himself now. And like the episode title states, Gathering Storm, it seems that we've hit that stage right before the big finale. You know, there's going to be two more episodes and there's, there's, there's a good amount of ground to cover, I believe, to, uh, to get us to the end. So, Grant, 8 out of 10. I like it. Wesley. Hello out there. Out of 10 or out of 5 times 2. Let's go with What is with your rating a... for Book of Boba Fett episode 4? Thank you. Let's go with a 2.5 out of 5 or a 5 out of 10. Um, so that's an improvement over episode 3. Uh, they, they got a little bit back on track, I think. Um, a little more direction with the show. Um, I, think, uh, I think the flashback was a little slow this episode. Like, and as a viewer, we kind of know what happens. Like, we knew that like, Fennec Shan was going to live and she was going to be okay. And we also knew... Boba Fett's armor was not in the Sarlacc pit, but we did get to see some cool action with the fire spray gunship, and also there was a little bit of humor. Like I liked the uh, tell, like Boba telling his Bantha to go, go be free and make Bantha babies. Like that was that was kind of funny to me. Oh yeah, I hate we didn't mention that. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. All right. Quick aside about the Banthas: Are they omnivores? Like I thought they would eat you know herbs and stuff, but apparently they eat meat too. You remember that scene? Yeah. He throws he throws yeah. his uh his bantha a little piece of whatever flesh he's eating. Yeah, but what do they what do they snack on, man? I mean, there's not a lot of life on Tatooine. This kind of goes exactly. back to what you're talking about with not not a lot of life, but a lot of creatures that eat people and and eat meat. <laughs> Who knows? Hey, I think he eats Jawas. But uh, yeah. But anyways, keep going, Wesley. I'm yeah, fine. yeah. Definitely feel like uh. Uh, put Black Christanton back on track to be that cool, cool character that I was hoping he would be. We all were hoping for, and yeah, I, I'm hopeful for the next couple episodes. I think we're gonna have some big characters show up, and it's gonna be fun. Wesley, you're kind of all over the place with your ratings. Uh, I know the first two episodes you had it, I think like a eight and maybe a seven or something. Then last episode was down at like a two, yeah, out of ten. We have to distinguish out of ten. And this episode at a five, so you're you're all around on on the book of Boba Fett. So yeah, ho- hopefully it gets a l- it keeps improving for you. That's right. Yeah, I mean the biggest thing has been inconsistent in my opinion, but um, yeah, I, I'm hopeful for these last couple episodes, last few episodes. Yeah, and I can also agree. It does seem like there was kind of a lack of stakes in that uh that that flashback area of the show, which was like seventy five percent. We knew that Fennec was going to survive. We knew that. But the Sarlacc didn't have Boba's armor. We knew that Boba Fett was going to get his ship back. We knew all of that stuff. Yeah. Um. So I can agree. Uh, okay. Good. I can... Solid rating and good evidence for that fact. Andrew, so out of 10 or out of 5 times 2, what is your rating for Book of Boba Fett Episode 4? Um, I think I'm going to go with a uh, 3.5 out of 5. 
So that's a seven out of out of ten. Oh! <laughs> I thought this was a much better episode than last week. <laughs> we got a, we had a lot of questions that were answered, a lot of gripes that we had last week. Kind of well, not a lot of them, but some of the gripes we had last week were kind of answered, like the fact that Black Chrysanthemum. It didn't really show his true side with him sneaking into the back to tank, but then now we see his actual side uh, that, you know, really matches his personality. Um, I enjoyed the music, the music parts, like the whole callback to Max Rebo, zooming in on him when we first see him, and then also uh, the Twi'lek lady introducing him. Uh, having Thundercat was amazing. Yeah, hit it, Max. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh, I really enjoyed that. Um, those are only small things, though, to be honest with you. I kind of, I don't know. It's it's just a love-hate relationship. I'm seeing the same things like we talked about last week, very similar to The Bad Batch, where we have an episode that kind of leaves us with questions and then an episode that kind of answers them but doesn't answer them all, you know? Um so right. I don't know. I'm I'm hoping to see improvement. Really, I guess if I was being honest, this should be like a six out of ten. But the fact that they had Thundercat in there, and the fact they call back to Max Rebo again. I mean, if they call back to Max Rebo every time, I'll give it bonus points. Every time they call hey, him that's... back, that's another point. I'm cool with it. That's a bonus point. I like it. I like it. I can I can agree with your assessment. Uh, I can uh, I can see where you're coming from. And I like that we did get to see the black chrysanthemum brute that we knew that he was, man. Like, him tearing up the Trandoshans yeah. was one of my favorite parts of the episode. Like, <laughs> it it didn't add a whole lot for story, but I just he just him seething over there, drinking his, uh, whatever they drink in the galaxy far, far away, and just watching them win and have fun and it just tore him up so bad that he just had to go pull the arm off one of them it was it was awesome i was glad to see disney cross that line you know i didn't think they would yeah right yeah, it's, it is i <laughs> i will suspense. say it is kind of weird between like we'll have such violent you know scene and then we'll have like a power ranger style fight yeah <laughs> very very big distinction but we did not see any of the uh mighty Morphin robot rangers in this episode <laughs> so yeah, so one gripe I do have, especially in that flashback in this episode where they're getting uh, the Slave One back, Fennec Shan is just able to, like, kung fu those Gamorreans, and they're, like, 300 pounds, and she's probably a buck 20. I-, I don't know. I just, yeah, some of that, like, kicking and flipping and stuff, I just don't think is, I don't know, didn't didn't quite work for me in in that scene. But no, th- I mean that is a good point. I don't. I didn't really understand how. Like, I guess they're trying to showcase how powerful she is because he does say, you know, you're not just strong, you're smart, or you're not, or you have both brains and brawn, or something. I can't remember the exact line. Yeah, I mean, she was already cool. I mean, nobody can say that she's not a great assassin, Agreed. sniper, pseudo soldier. But just to see her doing all those martial arts against enemies that are vastly bigger, and we know that the Gamorians are yes. pretty beefy. Yeah. Oh, we know. They thick, folks. They thick. So, Diedrich, for you, your rating for the Book of Boba Fett episode 4 out of 10 or out of 5 times 2? I would rate this as a 6 out of 10 or a 3 out of 5 times (laughs) 2. 
It was Astute. it was better than episode three, which for me was probably the weakest one so far. Um, they're definitely kind of moving back in the right direction. I still want. I'm holding out hopes that I can give these last two episodes like nine and tens. I really do want to give them like great scores. I think my highest so far was eight for episode two. Um. Uh, I, I think you gave that a nine. You gave episode I gave it a nine? a nine. Okay. Well, you know, it was a good episode. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping I can get a ten out of these one of these last two. That would be ideal. Uh, I would love to. I'd love to pull a ten out, man. But they got to earn it. Yep. Uh, anyway, I mean, I've, I've pretty much given my gripes and what I thought was cool throughout the episode. So you know, mostly what you know, Andrew and Wesley have kind of already said for their scores because I'm right in there with them. Awesome. So my rating, my rating. I'm. I feel like I listen to you guys give your ratings, and I'm like gauging. I'm like, yeah, man, this sucked. It was like a four, and then I'm like, no, nah, it was actually really good. It's like a seven or an eight, and then I'm going to give this episode a seven. I'm going to give it a seven. I like the fact that they gave us the backstory of Phoenix Shand. I like the fact that they, they kind of filled that in for us, um, how she got her mods, things like that. I like seeing them go and get the, the Slave 1 fire spray ship. That was cool. Even though we knew what was going to happen, the stakes were not high. That's why I'm not rating it higher. There was no stakes in that in that flashback scene. Or the flashback scenes, rather. There's no stakes at all. Because we know what happens at the end of all of it. Okay, so are there no stakes in any of the Tuscan scenes too then, right? That's not true. We didn't know what was going to happen with the Tuscans. We know that Boba's going to survive. That's true, but we didn't know what was going to happen with the Tuscans. They could have come back in the present day sometime. True. Okay. But, I mean, okay. You know, I mean, we've already seen, we didn't see the Tuscan story all the way through in a different series. Like, we know what happens to Boba because of Mandalorian, where he gets his armor back. He has his ship. Fennec is with him, and they're like, yeah, he saved my life. So the consequences of this entire flashback scene has already been explained in The Mandalorian. Whereas the flashback scenes before this was filling in information that we, we didn't really know, like the, the how. We, we knew that Boba survived, but we didn't know the circumstances. We didn't know the powers that be around it that could translate into the present day, which we found out they don't because thanks to Jon Favreau, they're dead. Thank you, John. Also, the present day stuff was really good. I like seeing Black Chrysanthemum throw down, pull the ar- the arms off Trandoshans. That was a plus. I like him meeting with the family. I like getting that kind of background of he really doesn't own all the territory that Jabba owned. Boba doesn't own all that. Like, he's not over them the way Jabba was. And we know that the whole respect thing, you know, he's ruling differently. But it seems like he doesn't even have the same power. I like I like the background. I like the callback or to call out to uh, Din Djarin with the uh, musical score. We get the Mandalorian theme when he is not mentioned, but kind of alluded to, possibly. Or it could be a fake out. Who knows? The, the whole episode didn't provide a lot of forward motion. It gave us a little bit. I think the only thing we really got out of it was Black Chrysanthemum's now working with Boba, and the other crime lords have agreed to not sell Boba out. And I still think that one of them is going to sell him out. That's about it. So, based purely on the action and some of the background information, I'm giving this a 7 out of 10. So, Book of Boba Fett's really ramping up. Can't wait to see where it goes. 
these last two episodes, I hope, are just straight fire, right? I hope that, like Diedrich said, we get those 10 out of 10s. I'm going to be the first to say it. I hope it, but I don't think it's going to happen. Dun, dun, dun. I think that I really do. I mean, I really wanted to really, really love this series, but I think I'm just going to like it, which is okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, that's just my personal opinion. Right. Yeah. They, they've definitely got the setup to do something good. I really hope we see what happens. I, I really don't want a, a repeat of the bad batch because the bad batch set up a lot of really good stuff. Like we had those dry episodes, those filler episodes, but they really set up some stuff to happen and it kind of fell flat in the end. Those last two episodes, I will say the penultimate episode of Bad Batch was good, but that last episode was was kind of not. Like, I didn't like it. I hope that Book of Boba Fett changes that. Me too. So let's go on and turn this over to the Grandmaster Jedi himself, Master Yoda, for the word of the week. There is more knowledge here than anywhere else in the galaxy. Mmm, gamist, the word of the week is. <laughs> so so uh, we're referring back to uh, earlier in the episode, we were talking about games and stuff. And uh, some of us own PlayStations, some of us own uh, PCs, some of us own Nintendo Switches. But, but we're all gamers at heart, right? Why, why does it matter what we game on, really? Mm. PC, better it is. <laughs> yeah, but Master Yoda, maybe some of us don't have the credits to shell out for something that nice. You know? Mm. Better job you need. Work more hours you do. <laughs> Yoda, you're, you're pretty brutal, man. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best out here. I'm, I'm trying to get all I can get. Haha, <laughs> Yoda hates the pores. <laughs> Yoda hates the pores. <laughs> Yoda, I'm doing my best out here, man. I'm trying trying to uh, make the funds to get the stuff that I want. Pay for the stuff I need and get the stuff I want as well. Mm, do or do not. <laughs> there is no try. All right. Well, that kind of sums that up. Thank you, Master Yoda. You're kind of a butthole. <laughs> and with that, we come to the end of another great episode of Dork Wars, the podcast. Check out our Facebook page, our Twitter, our Instagram, our link tree. We'd love for you to, to comment on our socials. We'd love you to like our posts. We really want to hear from you, the fans. So message us. Just let us know what you like about the show, what you don't like, stuff you want to hear. We'd love to have it. So thank you. And may the Force be with you. Thank you for supporting Dork Wars, the podcast. You can check us out on facebook.com forward slash Dork Wars, the podcast. And if you would like to join in on the discussion or maybe suggest topics for us to discuss, please do so by joining our Discord community or sending us an email at dorkwarspodcast at gmail.com. This has been a... There's the most moses ever, dude. Production.